Hello and welcome to the commentary track for Act 1 of Pericles, produced by Pendant Productions. I'm Jeff Robinson, co-director for Pericles, and joining me is my co-director, Adam Blanford. Adam, thanks for joining us. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And we're also pleased to be joined by our dramaturge, Morgan Sowell. Morgan, thanks so much for uh, joining us for this commentary as well. Pleasure to be here. So, uh, as I said, this is uh, Act 1 of Pericles by uh, William Shakespeare, and uh, Pennant produces a a Shakespearean production uh, about every year or so. And uh, Morgan, this is your second time as a dramaturge for a uh, for a pendant production and uh, i'm kind of curious to ask you how you how you sort of uh, got into that uh, into a dramaturgy for for a shakespeare and sort of what what uh, interested you about uh, that kind of thing oh um well i'm i'm no great shakespeare expert but i had uh, worked with with landon the previous dramaturge for pendant he had been there long term Dramaturge. So when he was uh, moving on from the position, he had worked with me on a different show, um, The Table Round, uh, and he knew that I was just, I'm a research guy. Every, any, any problem I see, oh, I got to go read another book. I got to go uh, watch another thing. So he thought that would be a good skill set for this. So he recommended me to uh, Dramaturge, which was uh, the first show I did with Troilus and Cressida. Uh, last year, which was an extremely fun experience. I learned a lot. Very good. And certainly uh, the great script uh, that you put together from uh, Shakespeare's original text was a huge help in, uh, you know, directing and and uh, mixing this episode. Right now we're listening to the opening scene uh, between Pericles, uh, expertly played by Russell Gold in this production, gives a terrific performance, uh, as well as Antiochus, played by Mike Queller. Uh, really, really fun uh, opening scene to mix as uh, as uh, Antiochus's uh, very, very dark secret is is revealed, and uh, Russell just doing an excellent job throughout this scene, uh, kind of navigating the the difficulties of that character. Um, from my perspective, what was fun to mix about this scene is that uh, you know there's lines that are said to the other characters, but there are also lines that are sort of said to the audience that the other characters aren't supposed to hear. Um, so that was kind of a fun challenge of. Uh, uh, you know, sort of panning and changing the volume to, to kind of make it clear, okay, he's talking to the other characters here, and here's where he's kind of just talking to himself, and the other characters aren't supposed to hear what he's saying. Yeah, there's a definite uh, three-dimensionality to the to the mixing here, and uh, it's, I, I, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I also curse you because it really raises the bar and makes me have to work even harder to make sure that I keep the quality up. <laughs> So. Oh, you will. You will. <laughs> no worries about that whatsoever. <laughs> so, uh, so Morgan, one one choice you made that I thought, uh, as dramaturge, that I thought worked really well is that uh, Gower, kind of the narrator of the play, um, you sort of um, took his lines and made it a little more digestible. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, he's really the person who kind of sets out what's happening in each act. But uh, the original text is kind of hard to follow, so I liked how you sort of said, "Okay, let's let's rewrite it a bit and make it a little more digestible for the audience." Well, well I would not presume to um, to rewrite uh, William Shakespeare, but um, this is uh, this is one of the plays that's questionable in its authorship. That a lot of scholars think that a uh, author named George Wilkins either helped Shakespeare or wrote some chunks of the play by himself. Um, and after Pericles, there was, I guess, can only really be described as like a novelization came out. Mm-hmm. There's a prose version of the story that George Wilkins wrote by himself, 
that's almost word for word the play, just done as as prose. So in times where I, like the audience really needed to understand the situation coming into the first scene, that there's this riddle that needs to be solved, that the answer is incest, and that's going to get uh, Pericles killed by saying it. And I thought, if they're confused by the, the opening monologue by our, our narrator, this scene's not going to work. So I actually took some big chunks of George Wilkins' novelization of their own play and put it in there. As you will live, resolve. So Very nice. sound more uh, easier to understand the opening moments. Yeah, yeah, that was that was definitely a great choice. And uh, Theo Holt Bailey, by the way, plays Gower. You will hear him throughout the production in all uh, all five acts uh, and uh, kind of transitioning between the scenes. That's another helpful thing he does. He's uh, you know come uh, comes in and says, "This is where you've been, and this is this is where you've going next. Where you're going next," which uh, I really thought works well in this production. And other than just a few uh, you know transition words and grammar bits, those are also you know ninety percent straight out of uh straight out of uh, the novelization very nice i really love theo uh theo holt bailey's performance he's just a little bit aloof you can somehow tell just by his voice that he's not part of the story he's the he's the guy standing downstage telling you things mm-hmm. exactly yeah and i tried to apply a, a bit of a reverb to his voice as well to kind of set him apart from uh, from the characters reading their dialogue it does give him a little bit of another worldly kind of tone which is is good and it just says this guy's not with everyone else so mm-hmm. that i thought was great this is a great monologue here in particular by uh russell our pericles where he basically has to tell antiochus or sort of communicate i know your secret but i'm not going to say it out loud and uh, he knows that uh, his life hangs in the balance here and uh, and russell did a particularly excellent job i thought uh, morgan you included some some notes in the script kind of explaining pericles thought process here and he uh, he really he hit the nail on the head i thought yeah, and Russell really, really uh, delivered above and beyond. He does a great job. Well, he's, he's, you can hear him sweating. You, you can hear him sweating. He's, he's one of the, he's, he's a, a pendant regular, if memory serves. Yep. So, uh, you know, he, he's got the, got the chops, got the experience, and uh, it definitely shows here. Heaven that I have thy head. He has found the meaning, but I will close with him. See, and there's another moment where you can hear him. You can, you can hear Antiochus turn his head to address the audience, which is, you know, on the stage is so easy, and yet you pull it off. What did you, what did you do to make it so uh, clear, his little asides to the audience versus him talking to another character? Yeah, I, uh, I accomplished it all by uh, panning, mostly. So the, the dialogue that you hear throughout the scene where they're talking to each other is centered, but the asides uh, for Pericles, you can kind of hear him pan to the right, and then for Antiochus, you can hear it pan to the left. Um, and then also removing the reverb on those those lines as well. So when they're you know their voices are kind of booming across this uh, this throne room here, uh, there's lots of reverb. Whereas when they're kind of talking quietly just to themselves, um, there's there's a more of a more of a dead sound there. If it be true that I interpret false, yep, uh, experimenting with that kind of thing is really one of the things I enjoy most about the. Uh, about the editing and mixing process oh you know that doesn't that doesn't sound quite right let's uh, tweak the effects or uh, tweak the panning of of a particular line definitely took a long process of uh, discovery throughout i would say definitely uh 
you, yeah, audio, audio mixers are the ones who spend, you know, two hours working on four seconds of audio to get it just exactly. right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we, this was something we had to do to, to go through the, uh, our pendant director class was we had to, we had to show facility with the, the ability to pan and give that dimensionality to the, to the overall scene. And so, um, well done. I, I'll shun the danger which I fear. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it, it is definitely important. And uh, as Adam mentioned, all uh, pendant directors kind of go through uh, a class where we're given sort of progressively uh, more difficult assignments, and the bar kind of keeps getting raised higher and higher. It's, uh, it was a really uh, really fun um, experience put on. Uh, by, by Tilly, who is the uh, executive producer of Pendant, and uh, really enjoy, uh, we've all uh, certainly enjoyed working with her, and uh, they uh, have a high bar for the quality of their productions. It's uh, what keeps people coming back again and again, for sure. And uh, as Adam mentioned, uh, many, many of the cast uh, uh, are uh, repeat pennant actors, folks who just kind of keep coming back again and again. And uh, it's all uh, a volunteer effort. Everybody's doing it just because they love it and they love the, the quality of, of pendants work that they uh, put out every single month. Yeah. And some of them have been around for, you know, 12 to 15 years or more. Yep. Yeah. Very uh, long, long standing uh, company at this point. I think uh, we've been around since. I want to say 2004-ish or, or thereabouts. Uh, yeah. So yeah, one of the longest, uh, longest-running uh, volunteer audio drama groups out there. Yeah. It, yeah. I, I started listening to Pendant in 2010, and they'd been around for about four or five years by then. So that 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 tracks. And uh, Adam, you yourself, uh, you know, I know you've been involved with Pendant as a. Uh, an actor, uh, certainly, will hear your, your credits uh, at the end of the episode. You've done several other roles you've written for, for Seminar. Kind of tell us a little bit about how how you came to be involved with uh, with Pennant. Well, um, let's see. So, uh, like I said, one of the one of the very first things I ever listened to, I, I, uh, I finally got an, an iPod in 2010, and it was one of the first things that I, I downloaded. So I, I heard Seminar from the, from the get-go, and uh, I had forgotten about it for a, for a while, and then um, I remembered when I was doing auditions for different audio dramas and things that uh, the Pendant was one of the ones I'd listened to, and found out they had a server, started talking with them, and, and I finally had an idea for a script and so the, the very first thing actually uh, that was one of the first things I, I did voice a, uh, a character in a uh, in a seminar short where I, I took my very carefully cultivated British accent and mangled it beyond recognition because I was playing a fake British spy but um, so I, I, I did that and then I, I came up with an idea for a, a script uh, so I, I worked with Tilly to to build this this idea out and we went through a few revisions and so I started doing that and then uh, shortly after that I started uh, doing transcripts for for, for uh, seminar and uh, so I did the, the transcripts there for about two years and uh, also did some stuff for dreamnasium and uh, just started gradually you know adding to the repertoire and then I, I uh, the the actually uh, the very first thing that I had ever auditioned for was the credit announcer in like 2018 and I ended up um, I ended up losing it to, to Julia Eve which you know was a great choice she was a great uh, credit announcer uh, but I, I came back to this a few years later and gave it a shot and uh, I've come full circle as the, the credits announcer so very nice and Julia by the way we will hear uh, coming up 
a little bit Prince. later on in this episode. Uh, great, uh, another great please. addition to the cast mm -hmm. and uh, and uh, a long, long time uh, pendant regular as well. And uh, here uh, we have Russell talking with, uh, or Pericles rather, played by Russell Gold, uh, talking with uh, Hella Canis, played by Kirsty Wolven, um, another pendant regular and uh, voice actor you'll hear in many productions. Oh uh, yeah, brought a brought a great uh, great dimension. Uh, you know, great job as this uh, this character who um, uh, we decided you know could be really uh, you know any any gender at all. That's a great thing about Shakespeare is that uh, there are always numerous roles that you can open up to any gender. It doesn't doesn't have to be a man. Doesn't have to be a woman. But uh, it, uh, it, but she has a great, a great, a great dry sense of humor that really goes up against Pericles' yes. um, over-the-topness. She's so uh, <clears throat> laid back. Yeah. And one say one thing I will say that uh, made it more enjoyable for me is that uh, Kirsty is prone to including uh, bloopers and uh, outtakes of sorts in her lines when she sends them in and uh, kind of singing singing little tunes in between uh, recording her takes. And I was like, this this uh, this is fun to listen to. I feel like I'm e eavesdropping on a private moment or something. But <laughs> she she likes to include those when she sends along her lines. I've worked with uh, with Kirsty on uh, on several productions, um, and so yeah, she's very very versatile actress or, or you know just very uh, very skilled at switching between different characters and giving them uh, that that subtlety or that that subtle edge and uh, so yeah it, this was a perfect casting choice so go us and uh, plays really well yeah. There were so many excellent auditions for this show. It was a uh, it was a plethora of riches trying to figure out how can these pieces fit together best. Putting them together like, well, what? who sounds good next to who? Imagine the timbre of their voices playing off each other. Yep. A little bit of imagination to make it, you know, make them longer than just the audition pieces. Really came together with a solid crew of performers. Definitely agree. And, uh, you know, you'll hear um, in some of the smaller roles, you'll hear various actors playing multiple characters. So that's kind of a factor as well when you're casting for those smaller parts is can this person play uh, a sailor in one scene and a servant or a footman in, in another scene as well. Oh, the cast list on Pericles is insane. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's longer than Julius Caesar, which is almost twice as long of a play. Uh, but there's more, there's more characters in Pericles, uh, some of whom come in and have one line. So uh, we have a wonderful set of ensemble players that are yeah, filling those in, the sailors, the servants, the knights, the nobles. Freely will I speak, Antiochus you fear, and justly too. I think you fear the tyrant. One thing I wanted to mention, Morgan, um, that that was your idea. It, it was in order to kind of give the audience a sense of place and uh, say, for example, we're transitioning now from Antioch to Tyre um, to Tarsus is uh, sort of this idea that we added of like uh, these cultural cues, like these various sounds that say, uh, you know, okay, now now you've changed location. So, for example, in Antioch, you hear that bell at the beginning. Um, we transition over to Tyre, um, and I don't think you've actually heard it yet, but you'll hear a, a shofar kind of blow in in the background, and then later on uh, added some uh, some drum beats in as well when we transition to another location. So, I thought that was a a, a neat suggestion that you you brought to the table for sure. Well, I think you've knocked it out the park because this place this play jumps to so many different locations and there's that little subliminal hint of reminding the audience where we are we can't show them there we go yep <laughs> we can't show them a set you know 
what we can give them. We can there we give go. Them that. <laughs> Gail Wamba as uh, as Thaliard. Her her voice is like an instrument. The way she she delivers, I, I love her, I love her take on the character. If I do it not, I am sure to be I agree. Yeah, for sure. Tis dangerous. Here's another moment where uh, you know she's in a room that's uh, that's full of people chattering away, but uh, wanted to sort of pan audio a little bit to give you the sense that she's she's talking to herself because obviously she's not going to openly be talking about assassinating uh, Pericles amongst uh, amongst all his uh, his uh, his crew there in the room. Here come the lords of Tyre. Yeah, so one thing I just wanted to mention for those who are listening and and might be thinking of uh, auditioning for a pendant production is, well, number one, we always need need great people. There are so many roles to fill across uh, not only Shakespeare, but every pendant production. Um, but two is that, uh, you know, getting getting into audio drama is uh, does not have to be a, a terribly expensive endeavor. You know, we all, most of us use, you know, USB microphones that cost, uh, you know, a, a reasonable amount. We're not, uh, you know, by and large, we're not professional uh, VO artists who do this kind of thing full-time. Uh, there's hardly any VO artists out there who, who do it uh, full-time themselves. But uh, yeah, just wanted to, to give a quick plug and say, you know, if, uh, if you're worried about your audio quality or whatnot, just just give it a try and come out. Uh, we want to hear you. It, uh, you know, it, it, when we're during the casting process, uh, audio quality is a factor because you know you want to put on a pro as professional production as possible. But uh, these days, it's it's so much easier to achieve uh, that level of professionalism than than it used to be back when uh, back when a decent microphone was so much more expensive than it is today. Yeah, I I'll agree with you there. Um, you can get started with pretty much anything. Uh, I started with a, 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 a blue snowball, and I'm pretty sure that's what Tilly and, and Susan use still to this day. But uh, but yeah, I, I recorded two audiobooks. I did a whole bunch of stuff. I upgraded to a to a more expensive microphone for other jobs. But uh, yeah, it. You, as long as you have a, a place that doesn't have a lot of reverberation, you know, you've got some dampening, um, you can do professional grade stuff. It just takes some practice and you can use off the shelf. Yes. I used my basement. I was sitting at my desk and I had enough stuff down there that it just dampened all the sound. And, um, you know, I mean, that that alone is a, is a huge plus in terms of getting your your uh, your auditions ready so um and you can use things like audacity uh, just really really easy um to 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 figure out and it's free so yeah just go out and do it i, I had a couple professional audio editing programs and i find audacity to still be the best even though it's free i've got i've got rx7 elements and audacity and those are the two that i, I pretty much go to all the time i haven't tried anything else i should just to see but um, yeah, I mean, I I do everything on that. Yeah, I would say you know about audio equipment that I've found it's uh, it's much less about you know how high quality your mic is and and so much more about how well you use it you know proper microphone technique and that kind of thing because you can have a, a very expensive microphone and uh, if you don't know how to use it um, and a lot of people buy that stuff and, and don't really take the time to understand it um, and it doesn't sound great it sounds worse than somebody using a, a cheap USB mic like me and, and knows how to use it you know pretty much exactly um, so there's Garen and, uh, and Julia there we go Dionysa doing that so much to excellent job 
Exactly, yeah. Garen uh, really bringing kind of the, the despair in his voice, uh, you know, as his, uh, as Cleon, you know, his, his people are, are starving and, you know, they're in dire straits and really in both their performances, you can hear that so well. Well, Garen just has the gravitas saying hello. I mean, the, <laughs> you, you love him and hate him for that. Because he doesn't even really have to try and he's got that, 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 that gravity. So... It, I completely agree. It is impressive. And of course, uh, those of you listening have probably heard uh, Garen as a Mac in Mage and Machine. So obviously quite the, the versatile performer, performer uh, bringing completely different energy to uh, the many roles he's done with Bennett. So sharp are hunger's teeth that man and wife draw lots who first shall die to lengthen life. Here stands a lord. And there a lady weeping. Here many sink, yet those which see them fall... Have and Julia could even make the credits sound so haunting when she delivered them. You didn't want the show to end. Our cheeks and yeah, eyes yeah, they're terrific pair, I think, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be hearing more of them uh, later on, not to give any, any spoilers, but uh, they're, they're two, two important characters that, that play an important role in uh, Pericles' uh, travails and uh, toils throughout the course of this play. Speak out thy sorrows which thou bringst in haste, for comfort is too far. So if anyone listening wanted, you can find the, the uh, you know, this is public domain, so you can find this play, you can follow along, and, uh, and get a pretty good idea of what's going on. I, I think perhaps the most amazing thing I've seen is that um, there's a typo in every version of Pericles on the internet that Russell or Pericles actually found. And so this line doesn't make sense that he went to his dusty old paper copy of the complete work of William Shakespeare and he found it. And he sent me a photo and I went to it with mine and I checked them. Oh my gosh, every single digital version has this same typo. I wonder how many performances have gone up where they've said this line and not noticed that it didn't make sense. <laughs> well, they may have said, you know, that is impressive. this doesn't make sense, but you know what? People aren't going to know any any better. They can't. They can barely speak English. I mean, in the 20th century, <laughs> the 21st century. So, I mean, I, I'm the dramaturge, and I put it in the script, so I will say that I just assumed it was something Shakespearean. I didn't understand. <laughs> See, it's it's the emperor's new clothes. Exactly. peace if he on peace if wars, we are an and here comes Pericles in, uh, swooping in to to save the day. That is a great chapter. Uh, this would be a happy ending. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> things are about to get uh, more dire for Pericles. They're going to go off the rails a bit. Well, you got to got to give Pericles credit. He did at least bring. He, he didn't show up empty-handed. He brought a gift. So he he was a good guest. Sometimes you bring a bottle of wine. Sometimes you feed the entire country. You know, whatever seems appropriate. <laughs> and we'll see whether Cleon and uh, Dionysa repay his kindness. Spoiler alert: No, they do not. Rise, I pray you, rise. We do not look for reverence, but to love, and harborage for ourselves, our ships, and men. The which, when any shall not gratify or pay you with unthankfulness and thought, be it our wives, our children, or ourselves, the curse of heaven and men succeed their evils. Dramatic music swelling under the dialogue here. This is a fun moment to mix. Your grace 
So where does this music come from? So uh, this is uh, Josh Mullen, a composer. Uh, he runs a website called The Tune Peddler, where you can find uh, many, many awesome uh, tracks. But uh, yeah, quite uh, quite the embarrassment of riches on his his website. Just so many, so many awesome uh, pieces of work to con- to choose from, and uh, it's incredible how versatile he is. Um, you know, just. Uh, jazz music rock and roll country music it's like how how does this guy mastered so many genres it's uh, it's quite impressive Ooh, i like this announcer he's good right <laughs> yes he is. he's pretty good featuring the voice talents of russell gold Pennon should keep him around i think i'm 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 gradually getting better at it I, I try to give each show its own kind of uh, distinct tone so that uh, you know that you're listening to either the Kingery or Seminar or Dependent Shakespeare. And uh, so that, that way it doesn't, doesn't all sound the same. And you do it uh, very well. Very and everybody is, is so nice to send me a pronunciation key. I would be lost without it. Music by Josh Moore yes, that is crucial. You want to get the cast's uh, names correct, and sometimes even if it looks like it might be pronounced a certain way, you, you just got to verify. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to the end of this uh, commentary track for uh, Act 1, Episode 1 of uh, Pendant Shakespeare's Pericles. I've been joined by uh, Adam Blanford, uh, my co-director, and uh, Morgan Soule, our dramaturge, and I'm Jeff Robinson. Thank you very much for listening, and we look forward to joining you for Act Two. Thank you. Godspeed, everyone.